Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We have plenty IndyCar to talk about. Frenchie, I have to ask first, how are you feeling? Are I'm you, feeling, are feeling you good now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm getting there. We're on day three, and I, I'm still like, I'm about like 90% back, back to normal. You don't have that much longer before Nashville. Yeah. Well, I can tell you one thing. I am not going to be partying in Nashville like I did after the Gallagher Grand Prix because I I won't survive 94 degree Nashville heat but that is the nice thing about having a race on a Saturday you can kind of just unwind for a little bit and I you know shout out to Stig and Jack Benyon for hanging out you should have stayed and played pool with us we ran the pool table at some ungodly hour in the morning even though it was a it was a long night I'm curious though, Frenchie, on on the topic of last weekend. You know, from somebody who, you know, this is you've you've been to a few races this year. From like a covering it perspective, how is it kind of weird being at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but not for the Indy 500? Like, there's you know a third of the people there. The media center is much more spacious and and quiet. And so, what was your what was your take on? kind of your experience this weekend i am not a big crowd person generally unless i'm at a concert then i kind of have to accept it but so i i have to say i kind of like it feeling a little bit more empty and spaced out it's kind of nice to just be able to walk around a bit more but it was weird to see in person the cars going the wrong way (laughs) down the front straight yeah you're like wait wait hold on all right, so you know IndyCar, you know, does the road course within the oval? Obviously, it's not the first time. There's other, you know, I, I think it was IROC did the Iowa road course years ago. If you could put a decent road course inside of another oval and have IndyCar do like both in one year, where would it be? Inside the oval, um. I think it would be cool to go to Michigan because it's another two okay. and a half mile speedway yeah. and you could probably put something pretty big in there. I'm I'm really glad, and I'm sure we'll get plenty of comments about this saying like Daytona or Charlotte or you know something that's kind of in use in both ways already, but Michigan would be super fun. I, I I'm I'm with you on that one. I would say Chicagoland because I it's not a you know two and a half miler or two mile. We said a mile and a half, but if you could find a way to squeeze a, a road course in there, that'd be pretty cool. And you could even make it like okay, you know, whatever weekend NASCAR does there, Chicago street course. You could have you know Chicago street course and then the IndyCar race in in one weekend, kind of like the I don't know. You could make like Chicago like a big festival weekend sort of thing. That would be really cool, but. All right, let's let's talk and we'll dive into the race. We've got a race to review real quick, preview Nashville, and and then we actually get a week off. I don't know about you, I'm super pumped to get a week off, but the only retirements, Simon Pagano made it 34 laps, looked like he ran out of fuel. I don't know if there was an, uh, a power issue of sorts or whatever. Colton Herta didn't make it much farther after leading 17 laps. 
he had some sort of gearbox issue, uh, couldn't get the car into gear, which was unfortunate because he probably would have won the race. How many failures is that this season for him so far? Too too many, man. Too, that team is just there shooting themselves in the foot left and right. Yeah, I think it might be his third like mechanical issue, at least on the season. Yeah, not to mention pit stop issues and steering wheel changes and, and all this other crap. But, you know, huge congrats to Alex Rossi for breaking a 49-race win, winless drought. Christian Lungard with his first career podium, which is even very cool. He got he got all four wheels in an engine through 85 laps and <laughs> you know, did really well. Seems to really like the road course there and, and power ran, rounded out the uh, the podium. But what also Will Power out, was on the podium at at the Indy Road Course. Crazy! Oh my gosh, I never would have bet on that. No, never, never bet money on Will Power. Although to be fair, anytime I've ever predicted Will Power in anything, either on the show or fantasy IndyCar, it never goes well. So. If you notice, guys, I have not picked Will Power maybe more than once this year. And he's second in... No, leading the championship now. He's up by nine. Yeah. yeah. And Joseph Newgarden with a uh, a nice recovery, finished fifth after not feeling well from Iowa, so good to see that. Ferrucci and his spelling miscues were kept on the sideline for the Xfinity race. There's not a ton that happened. It was... I don't know. It wasn't. Listen, I don't think this race is all that exciting, but it was a there. There was a lot going on. I don't think it necessarily was like the the best race ever, but again, I talk. I keep talking about McLaren needing to capitalize on weekends where maybe they don't have a winning car and Pato Warden twelfth not helping his championship odds. And I I I don't know if it was him or the the team or what but they were fighting a car that wouldn't turn from the moment practice started he qualified well but then faded back you know felix rosenquist qualified on pole and then dropped back and faded and finished ninth so i don't know can you can you say pato is still in the championship hunt or are you i think he's what 45 back maybe 50 back he's bored exactly yeah, he's he's borderline technically in the championship hunt. He's got 385 points to Will Powers 431. So 70 back. 75. Folks, we don't do math here. <laughs> no, I think that's only Aren't about you? 50 something. Okay. 31 minus 385 is 46. Okay. I think I was I think that's what I first said and then I started doubting myself. So I think he's like borderline there. I think come ga- after Gateway, and we have this, the the two West Coast races, you'll have a clear idea of the handful of guys that are left for the championship. But I think anybody after like sixth right now, if you're more than seventy points back, you're definitely I don't say definitely because you're mathematically alive, but you're probably not in the championship hunt. They have a good street course setup so i wouldn't be surprised if we saw pato do well at nashville and maybe put himself closer into the championship points standings yeah and i'll ask this question later so don't don't let me ignore it for now but i do want to talk about i I think kind of the main takeaway for me from from this race other than you know the championship implications is marcus erickson salvaging 
a P11 after having an engine issue in qualifying and starting dead last. He said he wanted to get in top 10. He finished 11th. It's probably, you know, on a, on a course where there's not necessarily a ton of passing, pretty good. The other thing is when Colton Herta lost gear, he was kind of coasting, stopped right and right before pit in. We never really got a yellow flag. They just sent all these crew guys out there to wheel in the car. And I, I get it. It's like semi-consistent with what IndyCar is doing for the most part this year. But I feel like if you're if you're a car stopped anywhere like that on track, it's got to be a yellow flag. There has been too many instances over the years of safety workers or drivers or team personnel getting injured or hurt like you know somebody coming into the pits and doesn't see hurt or there and accidentally hits somebody something happens and a crew member falls and gets hurt and is now stuck on the track or you know whatever i just think was was definitely the wrong move there it's really not good we need to throw a yellow flag in that instance i'm all for the pit staying open to let guys cycle through, and I think that's what's happened when when Pagano pit. But in this case, when the car is like clearly somewhere on track where cars might go, you know, yeah, they might duck down because they say, "Oh, herd is going to stall." Stuck down pit lane. Oh wait, we can't. And now we've created this bottleneck, and I just I don't think that was the safest thing to do. I'm trying to think of how it was different than Mid Ohio when Kyle Kirkwood went off and why. Because I didn't feel the same about that as I do for this one. I, I'm with you on this, but that was still a similar instance. I guess you could say Kirkwood wasn't physically on the track and heard a what, like, who was. He was not on grass or runoff or anything, so I don't know. I guess I'm look. I'm just looking for differences because that's what you were you were saying. But yeah. yeah, I don't agree with this one. I don't think this was the right call. I hope... I mean, I hope it just doesn't happen so we don't have to worry about it, but it's not a... I, I don't like it. it, it I just want them to call on... yellows. I mean, I, I think it's kind of not fake, but it's just kind of ridiculous that you leave the pits open for everyone to cycle through. And the I mean, the purpose of a yellow is, right, for someone's safety most of the time. So treat it for what it is. And maybe right. th- that's the way you don't have to have any loopholes. I'm sorry, we'll screw someone's race. It'll piss me off at some point that, you know... My driver was had just passed pit lane and can't get in the pits now, but you know that's just kind of the randomness of the way these things work. Yes, I and I get it. You know, it's tough when half the field gets flipped because of the pits being closed or whatever. But and this isn't like some like phantom debris caution or, or you know, right. we're not throwing a caution just to spice things up. This you know, we're not adding stages. I just think yeah. in that instance, you need to throw a yellow. Is there any? Is there really anything else from the race other than... Go ahead. I had two things. It's just we yeah. saw both Romain Grosjean and Connor Daly kind of ruin their races by stalling in pit lane. Oh, yeah, Connor. Yeah, Connor qualified 10th and was doing well and then absolutely ruined his race because it seemed like they took forever to get the starter out. Yeah, Connor, you could tell he kind of rolled forward a little bit after he stalled, and the team, you know, just it's just hard to get a heavy car back to pit lane. Roman at least didn't get as far. I mean, it still ruined his race, but you know, it didn't seem like it took as long. I guess is what I'm getting at there. 
are we surprised? Are we surprised that we see that as often as we do? I feel like I, I don't remember no. seeing it as often in previous seasons of guys like stalling. Maybe, maybe I just don't remember. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, my memory is is fuzzy, but I feel like this isn't an uncommon thing. You know, you don't see. Usually you don't see multiple guys within yeah. like a pit stop sequence or so do it. And I think that was the thing is they they weren't too far off each other from when they were pitting. But definitely, you know, you definitely don't see it too often with, you know, kind of right around the same pit sequence there. But, oh, well, you know, whatever. It was still a fun weekend. Good to see a lot of people at the track. And I didn't watch more than 10 laps of the Xfinity race and... From what I hear, NASCAR was a hot mess disaster. So I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything to add there. But it was very interesting to sit through or take part in the NASCAR bullpen. Yeah, they are very different experiences than the IndyCar bullpen. <laughs> and the I thought I would. <laughs> thought, yeah, exactly. I thought I would talk about that before. Do we have any news? Do we have any news to get to, or is it just straight into Nashville? The only news is that Renus is now able to talk to other teams because we're past yeah. August 1st, and that I think that's it, pretty much. Yeah, and disclaimer, Alex Pillow says he's still driving for McLaren in 2023. We're probably not going to dive into it. Maybe next week, maybe the week after when we have a little bit more free time. Mm-hmm. Just because things are in court now, there's not a whole lot to report other than what's already been discussed by us in previous weeks. But if I had advice for alex right now it would be or if i was alex's lawyer it would be stop answering questions from people like us like just just stop i heard something really interesting i think it was on trackside with kevin lee said something about he guesses that ganassi is like forcing polo to just attend all the media stuff almost as punishment (laughs) and so he has to be there and he's you know being as polite as he can but i would really doubt like you're saying that his lawyers would advise him to do this or he's a smart guy so we think that i don't think he would just be going voluntarily to the media sessions knowing he's going to get these questions i think that's the team kind of (laughs) screwing him over a little bit saying the rest of our drivers aren't going to go we're just going to send you because Let's get you out of here. I just wish they would say, or his lawyers or management would say, hey, it's fine. You know, if that's what they're going to make you do, you, you can't say no. Otherwise, you're in breach of the contract. But just say no comment. Yeah. Don't, don't, give, don't give Ganassi and don't give us more things to talk about like we're talking about right now. And, yeah, we'll leave it there. Obviously... Oscar Piastri has taken a page out of Alex Pillow's social media game today. We'll talk about that in the F1 episode, but what the hell is going on this silly season? It is truly exhausting. I, I'm I'm actually tired from just like keeping up with all of this open wheel news. Anyway, back to the NASCAR bullpen. So in the NASCAR bullpen, IndyCar does a really good job about putting it somewhere where, for the most part, Fans can't get in your way or join <laughs> you to record shove their camera. Yeah, <laughs> shove your can- shove their camera next to your face or something like that. <laughs> and not every track is perfect. Uh, you know, sometimes it's outdoors and fans are going Roman when you're trying to talk to to Grosjean behind you, which is super annoying. But for the most part, it's not bad. And 
IndyCar fans. Most people know to be respectful. Yeah, yeah. IndyCar fans, 99% of them are very respectful and see that you have a microphone and you're, you're trying to do something and whatnot. Uh, NASCAR, not so much. We were <laughs> stuck in Gasoline Alley in a really awkward spot right at the entrance to the garage area, which yeah, I was like, yeah, this isn't ideal, but all right, whatever. There was one guy who, and I'm not going to name names, kept every time I would go to a different driver would literally physically like hip check me out of the way to make a room for himself. And I'm like, dude, there was, there was another woman who asked me, God, I forget who I was talking to. She was like, Hey, can you turn sideways? So I yeah, can fit in I remember there. who that was. Yeah. yeah, sure. That's no problem. Common respect goes a long way. This guy is literally just shoving his gut in my side to get out of the way. And it was very, was not a small man either. He was definitely not, no. But, you know, the the drivers were, were you know, were very cool. I, I did not get to join Kyle Bush's, but I kind of overheard it. I know he can be very coarse with the media, but he gave a lot of very good answers from what I overheard. And it was very interesting to hear everybody's take on the road course versus the oval there, whether they liked it or not. Most guys want the oval back for IMS, and I, I get it. Because clearly they don't know how to drive the road course there, especially in turn one. But the kind of the eye-opening thing was NASCAR had a bodyguard guy who anytime a fan got close would shoo them away. Great idea. I appreciate it. But at the same time, why don't we just put it somewhere where we don't have to worry about that? That guy would probably have a less stressful day, at least in the, at 930 in the morning. And fans wouldn't shove their camera behind your face. Yeah, there's always going to be that guy who thinks he yeah. can do that. So if you put it somewhere where he can't access, then it's better. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be, like, inside, hidden away from everybody. I like doing the bullpens outside. But anyway, that's that. Enough about Polo. We'll talk about Oscar Piastri tomorrow. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today. Like you mentioned, as of August 1st, Renus is a free agent. So let's let's touch on that real quick. Mm-hmm. You are Adrian Sussman, who has been hired to handle negotiations for VK, who from everything I've heard from a, a couple of sources... Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. 
Follow us on social media at hitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. This is an incredibly smart man and will put Renus in a really good spot. So I'm going to give you two options here. Option A, you go back to ECR for a year because after next year there are a numerous amount of open seats and I think we're in for a crazy silly season again next year, maybe with a little less drama. Option B, you jump now, maybe not necessarily for the best seat out there, but you just go, you know what, let's let's try for that Ganassi seat or let's try for the 10 car I'm, I'm referring to. Or let's let's try for something else and get a, a change of pace and and fight for more wins. Which do you, which which option do you go with? Other than the Ganassi seat, I don't see where else he would go that's better than Ed Carpenter. So I would maybe that's why I'm not a uh, motorsports manager, but I would stay on the safe side and say, hey, you've gotten pretty solid results at Ed Carpenter. Let's stay here for a year and watch what opens up. You're 21 years old. We got plenty of time. There's never plenty of time in motorsports. So I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I kind of agree with you, but I'm glad you went with that one because I was hoping you didn't pick the other one. You are 21. Yes, young, plenty of time. Time is not guaranteed in racing. But you're in a spot where you could capitalize on the 10 seat. I know you're maybe option B for Ganassi, but definitely an option. What happens if you have a horrible... 2023 like nothing goes your way you don't get any top tens you stall in pit lane every week obviously i'm like semi-exaggerating right now and now you know will power is a free agent uh, scott dixon retires hypothetical i don't know felix rosenquist if he's at mclaren indycar next year as a free agent and everybody now these big teams are looking at you like mm, you're not really all that appealing now so maybe now is the time to capitalize on the fact that you are an appealing option and take advantage of that. That's not, I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer between the two. I think either is good for VK. I, that's just my opinion. I think there's a large enough sample size and he came up through the road to Indy where drivers or team owners know who he is and what kind of talent he's got. So I don't think one terrible season would tank his career. I think, I think he's safe to, hopefully keep progressing at ECR because, I mean, Joseph was there for many years and didn't necessarily have amazing results, but we all sort of knew what was going to happen after he left and got a really good equipment. I think the big difference is Joseph was much more consistent up front than yeah. BK was. Yeah, not to true. compare them, but all right. I think it's time for Nashville. I don't have any other non-racing racing stuff to get to. But uh, we definitely will be hitting up some barbecue this weekend. Uh, Co-host David Malukas will be joining us one of those nights. So, yay, barbecue. I think I've got the spot picked out. But but I'm not going to tell people where that is because I don't want (laughs) creepers creepers like Cody Bray to show up. I don't think he's even going to Nashville. That's the point. That's why I picked Cody Bray in that one. Oh, okay. Uh, There are some changes to the track. We talked about this a couple months ago when it was first talked about but talking about it again restart this the start of the race and the restarts have been moved from you know between turn 11 and turn one like right in front of the stadium where it was last year uh, to the long straight exiting the 
veterans bridge that feeds into turn nine so you know that's good i think that will alleviate some of the ridiculous mayhem like erickson flying over borday last year so i'm very excited about that similar to like mid-ohio for the start of the race uh, otherwise the bump in turn five that was sending cars kind of airborne was significantly repaved the very wide turn nine area was actually narrowed to add more hospitality suites and the formerly super narrow turn 11 was widened by six feet at the apex to allow a little bit more room there the transitions on and off the bridge have been paved and smoothed over so that there's no issues with that as well so that's good i think this is going to be again one of those things that until we actually see the track in person this weekend it'll be hard to comment too much on like will these changes be enough or are they the right changes that back uh, let me let me look at what turn turn numbers this is here kind of like uh 14 or i'm sorry four five six seven eight you know that that back section I wish that was just a little bit wider still because essentially nothing's going to happen there other than somebody hitting the wall by mistake after going down the bridge. But, I mean, maybe that's that's not important. That's just me kind of nitpicking at this point. So it's going to be hot again. It's not going not to be like 97 degrees like it was last year when, when I was down there. It's going to be like, like 88 or low 90s or something like oh, that. That's, but that's still pretty hot. The rain has disappeared from the forecast, which makes us very happy. But let me think. Is there anything else? Oh, before we before we continue on, we forgot. Do you have the IMS predictions? Yes, I do. All right. So we'll do IMS predictions. Then we'll make our Nashville predictions. And I will double check that we didn't miss any notes I wrote down. Okay. So in DGP picks, I actually beat you this week because oh, I picked it. power who finished third, Felix was ninth, and then Renus, who finished sixth for an average finish of sixth. And then you had Award, who finished 12th, Erickson, who finished 11th, and Grosjean, who finished 16th. So you had 13th. So actually, I smoked you this week. Yeah. All right, fair. But you you still have the best finish so far. What was it, like four point something? 4.3, yeah. Yeah, so oh, before, before we get to Nashville predictions... Props to Peretta Autosport, who got a oh, yeah. sponsor for the weekend in Acumatica. They are some sort of software company, cloud-based software. I'm not going to try to learn about it in like three minutes here. But they do a lot of diversity and, and inclusion in their business. So, you know, great partner for Peretta. Hopefully that can lead to even more stuff next year with the team. And excited to see Simona back at the track and that team back of the track as a whole and beth peretta is everywhere she's literally been at every race in between the races that they haven't taken part in so she's definitely kicking ass and, and trying to do as much as she can to, to get that team ready for 2023 now with that being said it is time for predictions and i think we're going to throw a wild card prediction in there because it is nashville over under let me let me pull up how many laps this race is because i don't remember right now does it does it not say? It's got to say somewhere on here, right? Uh, I would hope so. I'm on. Come on, IndyCar app. Give me something here. 
Doesn't have how many laps the race is. I'm What's... looking. This is so annoying. This is what happens when you think of like... Uh, I think it's 80 laps. Okay, so let's just say it's 80. How many of the 80 laps will be run under caution this year? And I'm going to set... Oh, that the... might have been last year that was 80 laps. I So I assume it would be the same. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Let's, let's, let's just throw it out there. Over, under is going to be set at 13 and a half caution laps this weekend during the race. Are you taking the over or are you taking the under? I'll take the over. Okay. I guess I have no choice but to take the under. And... Unfortunately. I don't want to, but I think this is going to be mayhem again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair. I feel like this year when, when practices have been mayhem, you know, there's like four or five cars spinning, you get to the race and the race is like super clean and – when practice is super clean, the race is mayhem. So let's see if that's an indication this weekend because practice for Nashville last year, like Jimmy Jimmy wrecked, and I think one other guy like brushed the wall, but it was relatively clean. Or Jimmy wrecked in qualifying, maybe I forget. Anyway, Jimmy wrecked at some point throughout the weekend last year, right after he said, "I need to feel what it's like to wreck one of these cars," <laughs> and then he and then he did. So whoops. Pulling up the IndyCar standings, again, we'll do two in the top 12, one outside of the top 12. Since I lost, I'm going first, and I'm taking Pato Award. All right. In that case, I think I'm going to go with McLaughlin. Okay. I will take Colton Herta. Damn. That was one of my potential picks because <laughs> I think he's going to redeem himself. His luck can't yeah. be bad all season. Yeah. Well. Um, let's see. Then I'm going to take... You know what? I'm going to take Mr. Malukas because okay. they've looked good on street courses. Yeah. I will take driver who just signed a multi-year contract extension with his team in Calamilot. I guess we didn't talk about earlier in the episode. Cal Milot signed a multi-year extension with Yunkos. Great to see that team solidly have a plan for the future and, and not disappearing or anything like that. So super cool. And that was my last pick. Oh, yeah. And my last pick is Felix yeah, yeah. then. Yeah. Felix. Is Felix outside the top 12? Oh, you took Malukas. You I took, took Malukas. Malukas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, Nashville this weekend, if you guys are at the track, which I know quite a few of you will be, come say hi. It takes a long time to walk around there, so stay hydrated and wear sunscreen and whatever else your parents typically would tell you to do, I'm going to tell you to do right now. The media (laughs) center is like 16 miles from the track under the stadium, so if you want to say hi, please give me some notice because it takes me a long time to get outside. Uh, and there's a bunch of concerts this weekend. The Super Jack Tim McGraw is playing this weekend, along with a bunch of other bands I've never heard of, so I'm not going to pretend. Like, one of them is called, like, Cheat Code or something like that. I don't know what kind of music they play. I, th- I think I read, like, EDM or something like that. Yeah, so I think so. It should be a really cool weekend. We'll be out and about in Nashville at least one night with some PLP listeners and whatnot. And... Yeah, I'll be down by Thursday evening at some point. Frenchie, I'm glad to have you at the track again this weekend. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to I've never been to Nashville. So oh. although we're not really going to get to explore it that much, I'm still kind of looking forward to getting de- down there. And we'll, we'll try. As long, if, as long as we're not like completely drained Saturday after the day, we'll uh, we'll see what we can make happen. But oh, anyway, you know who Aaron Lewis is. He's the singer from Stained, I think. Yes, he's there. Yeah, he's performing on Friday night. Oh, yay. And then he's completely insane now. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out <laughs> to Cass. Cassie's the only one who will get that reference, but he is Brantley uh, Gilbert. Like, I've heard of. He's a country artist performing on Sunday. Oh, totally, totally know him. I, d- I don't see anything about cheat codes, but maybe looking at something else. Yeah, who knows? I could be looking at the wrong, wrong. This weekend is a packed weekend because yeah, uh, we have uh, there's Trans Am racing there. Okay, that's fun. That'll be cool. And then there's Vintage Indy and Stadium Super Trucks are there. Yes, I still hope they put that jump on the bridge this year. I know last year they told us uh, we can't do it because of insurance purposes, but, I mean, just put some floaties on the truck. What could go wrong? <laughs> we we also have Indy Lights back this weekend. Indy Lights should be awesome. We should have Kiffin Simpson on the show this weekend. Cool. I think as long as I can remember to get it scheduled. And, yeah, let's wrap it up there. Everybody, Nashville is this weekend. There's no F1 because they're on summer break, so you have no reason to not tune in this weekend. Everybody have a lovely, lovely weekend of racing. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Vamos!